0: G'day everyone. Keep your Bibles open there in the book of Proverbs, but now I'll pray before we start. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the richness of your word. We thank you for the way uh, you speak to us, sometimes through the mouths of prophets, sometimes through poetry, sometimes through uh, the letters of the apostles, sometimes through the gospels about the story of Jesus and uh, we pray and thank you especially for this part of the bible looking at over these next few weeks the wisdom literature and we pray that you will be using it to make us truly wise so that we will be discerning uh in the way we live but more importantly even than that discerning in how we follow you and we pray this in jesus name amen i've got a question for you as we start and it's uh there on the top of your outline if you take it out and have a look And that is, would you rather be intelligent or wise? Which would you rather be, intelligent or wise? For those maybe about to sit exams at school or uni, you're probably thinking intelligent would do me, but um, they're actually quite different. It's different to be intelligent, uh, to be wise. Uh, I know lots of really smart people with university degrees and all sorts of letters after their names, and uh, you would never, ever go to them for advice. Uh, I'm being kind when I say they're not wise Uh, and I know people who don't know that much stuff who might never have gone to uni who mightn't have all sorts of letters after their name but they are the people you go to to talk about things with because they're wise they're the people who when you're struggling with something you actually want to talk to. Uh, Wisdom is just different from intelligence Uh, but it's really hard to define wisdom. It's one of those things where you know it when you see it, you know, you just know that is a wise person, she's wise or or he's wise or he's not or she's not. Uh, One of my favourite quotes, and I think I might have shared it before but I like it so much I'm going to share it again, uh, is from an Irish rugby player. Uh, It's very rare that you get wisdom from a rugby player, let alone from an Irish rugby player, sorry Thomas. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Brian O'Driscoll used to captain the Irish team And he said this, I don't know why he said it, it was in an interview after a game, he just said this, he said, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit, wisdom is knowing not to put it in your fruit salad. (laughs) You see see the point he's making, you know, a person could say, oh I know tomato is a fruit because it's got seeds and it's, no, you know, you think it's a vegetable but I'm smarter than you. But they're not very wise if they then chop it up and put it in with the apples and the rock melon and everything else in their fruit salad. There's just a difference between intelligence, knowing stuff, and wisdom, knowing how to live in the light of that stuff. Uh, And one of the themes of the Bible is that God wants you and me, his people, he wants us to be wise. That's what he wants. God wants us to be equipped to make the right decisions we need to make in this world. Knowledge is important, especially the knowledge of God. Uh, It's absolutely vital, but God wants our brain knowledge to translate into wise living that's what he wants for us at its heart the idea of wisdom is knowing how to understand this world that God has made and then it's knowing how to live and act and speak and think and do in this world that God has made and so over the next four weeks we're going to stick our sort of just stick our toe into this part of the Old Testament we call the wisdom literature or the writings In the Old Testament you have the books of the law that you know those history books at the at the start of the story you have the prophets the books about those bringing God's word God's revelation to his people and then you have this part called the writings uh, which is God's wisdom for living in this world and the beauty of that wisdom literature is it helps us understand the complexity of this world that God has made. And so we're going to look at four different books. It's not all the books from this part of the Bible. We're just going to look at four of them over the next four weeks. And as I say, we're just scratching the surface. So my hope is that each week you'll go away with sort of like this sort of introduction to the book. And then you want to read it for yourself and try and plumb its depths a little bit more. So this week we're looking at the book of Proverbs. And the point of the book of Proverbs is really quite simple. It's that this world God has made is a good world and is ordered. So remember right back at the start of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God made the world and he said it is good. This world he has made, it it has a structure, it works. And so what that means is Proverbs sort of draws on that and gives this wisdom for life based on the fact that generally in this ordered world of our gods, if you do A, then B will happen. So there are Proverbs about everything under the sun. There's Proverbs about parenting that say if you do this, As you raise your child, then they will turn out like this. Proverbs about work, if you work hard, then this will happen. Proverbs about marriage, about government, about how you treat people, about anything and everything in God's world. So for example, take out your outline, I've printed some verses on there so you don't have to flick around for the whole time. Uh, In Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4, it says, idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. And that is just setting out a generally true reality. If you are lazy, you will not have very much. But if you work hard, you will generally have more. That is just, and that's a typical proverb. It's just saying here is sort of a, a rule of life, if you like. Generally, if this thing happens, then this thing happens. You see, then after Proverbs, there's another strand of the wisdom literature that's there in Proverbs, but really comes out in other books like Job and Ecclesiastes and next week we're going to be looking at the book of Ecclesiastes Uh, and that strand recognises that yes God made this world to be good and ordered and, and generally if A happens then B happens but then sin has entered this world and now it is often actually unfair and broken. So to use that example of work Yes, generally hard work is rewarded, like it says there in Proverbs, but sometimes in this broken world, it isn't. Sometimes you work hard and you lose your job. Sometimes you work hard and you're not paid. And and, and the point of the book like Ecclesiastes, which we're going to look at next week, is if you search for meaning and certainty in work or anything else in this world, you won't find it. Because in fact, more than that, those things may be totally taken away from you despite your hard work because this world is broken and, and there are other things going on besides the simple ordered nature of this life. So that's the second strand of wisdom literature we're going to look at but that's for next week when we look at Ecclesiastes. Then we're going to look at two other parts of the wisdom literature, the first is Song of Songs, a poem about love, love between human beings and love from God for human beings and then we're going to look at Lamentations, uh, probably. The most depressing book in the whole Bible. I've been reading it this week, and I've been sick, and I've just sort of been oh, drained at my desk. But anyway, that's going to be a real highlight for us in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but no, I actually think it will be because what Lamentations does is it shows us how to be wise in the face of suffering, uh, and that's why I'm looking forward to talking about that. So that's the next four weeks. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. Uh, if you're not, I'm preaching on it anyway. So anyway. Uh, so today we start with the book of Proverbs. Now Proverbs, of course, are not just in the Bible. Chances are your grandmother at some point has said a proverb to you. Uh, every culture, every society has Proverbs and generally old people like to say them. That's, that's the way Proverbs work. Uh, and so uh, your grandmother might have said to you at some point, a fool and his money are easily parted. That's a proverb. Or a rolling stone gathers no moss. That's a proverb. And you can come up with, with hundreds of them. Look before you leap. And, and what they are is they're, they're often expressed as a metaphor, but it's just something we know from our experience to be generally true. So we just sort of set it up as a, as a rule of life, if you like. Something that is generally the truth. And because we know them in just about every language and every culture, I think it's one of the reasons that Christians love reading the book of Proverbs. Whenever I talk to Christians reading Proverbs, they tell me I'm really enjoying it because it's just so true to life and it's just so practical and it's just so true about everything that goes on. So when it says, have a look with me again on your outline, Proverbs 12, 18, when it says, there is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing, you just get it, don't you? You just say, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't necessarily always live it. But I know it's true, I know that at times my tongue has been a sword and it's pierced someone unfairly and I know at other times people have pierced me with their words. Uh, But I also know just how wonderful it is when someone speaks wise words to me and bring me healing when I'm struggling. Or Proverbs 16 verse 18, look at that one, it says pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Again you read it and you just get it, don't you? Uh, we've seen it, we've experienced it, we know when we've been proud and that's actually led to our downfall or we've seen it in other people. So we love the Proverbs because they're just so practical and relevant and applicable to us and part of that is that it is actually quite different to the other parts of God's Word. You see the Proverbs weren't written down with and God said you know like the law or or, or the prophets they're still God breathed they're still the inspired scriptures the word of God but the idea of this wisdom is that God has enabled people to look at and understand his word and then record it for us Uh, it's based on experience in the light of God's revelation and it's really really important that we understand this you don't treat proverbs as laws wisdom is not law You see the law says love your neighbour or love God with all your heart, soul and mind and that is unchangeable, that's the law. The Ten Commandments, don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery, that is the law and and so sometimes those people treat proverbs like it's this extended Ten Commandments, just sort of 31 chapters of commandments and they think if I I just learn every proverb and, and live by them then I'll know what to do in every situation That's not how they work. That's not how wisdom works. So the great example I often use is in Proverbs 26. Look at it on your outline. You've got Proverbs 26 verse 4 and then you've got Proverbs 26 verse 5, one after the other. So verse 4 says, Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you will be like him yourself. That's great advice, isn't it? For people who like to get on Facebook and Twitter, listen to that proverb it makes me think when that poor Christian person gets onto social media with all these chattering fools and then wonders why it all goes bad you know don't bother or when a loud mouth is sprouting nonsense don't get into an argument with them or you'll end up just looking as much of a fool as they are we've all been there but then the very next verse Proverbs 26 verse 5 answer a fool according to his foolishness hang on Proverbs 26 verse 4 says, don't answer a fool according to his foolishness. Proverbs 26 verse 5 says, answer a fool according to his foolishness or he'll become wise in his own eyes. Well, hang on, which one is it? But again, you think and you say, well, actually, that's actually good advice sometimes because sometimes you need to answer the fool or, or, or they'll lead other people astray. And sometimes you need to answer the fool or they'll just keep sprouting their nonsense. You see, they're both good advice even though they contradict each other because that's the thing with wisdom it's not about saying here is a law you apply in every circumstance you face you see the thing with wisdom is the wise action or thought might change depending on the circumstances sometimes it's right to speak sometimes it's right to stay silent sometimes you might just put tomato in the fruit salad Someone after my talk this morning actually sent me a link to a recipe for a tomato fruit salad. You see, just sometimes it might be right. That's the thing with wisdom. What Proverbs shows us is, is that to be wise when there there is a decision to be made requires us to understand the things that don't change. This is really important. You see, wisdom is about understanding and believing the truths about God and his laws and the world as he made it it's about having them as our bedrock and then that gives us the basis to make the wise decisions in all the circumstances we might face. So as you look at Proverbs, you're not trying to learn every proverb as individual directions for right living. So oh hang on, I've come across a fool chattering, I better go to Proverbs 26 verse 4. No, no, instead what it's about is about learning to be wise. It's about understanding God and his world correctly so that we'll then be equipped to make right and godly decisions as we face them. So let's look at the opening of the book to get an idea. Open up with me to Proverbs chapter 1 that we read before and you'll see there at Proverbs 1 verse 1, the first verse, I'll read it out. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now more than anyone else, Proverbs and all of wisdom is tied to King Solomon in the Old Testament. I'm sure you know the story of Solomon. If you don't, you can go away and read 1 Kings. When he became king after the death of his father David, instead of asking God for a long life and riches and victory in battle and whatever else, what did Solomon ask God for? Wisdom. Wisdom and discernment in ruling God's people. So God gave it to him along with wealth and a long life and victory. And so Solomon became known as the wisest man who has ever lived. And so even people who who don't really know their Bibles very well will know that Solomon was wise. And in his time, kings and queens came from all over the world, queens like the, the Queen of Sheba came just to sit at his feet and hear the wisdom and knowledge of Solomon. And right up front here it's saying, this is that wisdom, this is that knowledge here in the book of proverbs now, now the whole book isn't by solomon later on it says here's the wisdom of Agur and lemuel and and other people but it's solomon's wisdom that is the basis of the book the others are sort of standing on his shoulders if you like but then in verses two to seven straight away it gives us the purpose of the book of proverbs so i'm going to look at it there look from verse two it says for learning what wisdom and discipline are for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving wise instruction in righteousness, justice and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man and then so on and so forth. What you've got there is the summary of what this whole book is trying to do. I said before it's hard to define wisdom but all the other words he uses there in those verses help us understand what wisdom is. Look at all the words he uses there in parallel with wisdom. He says, Wisdom is about discipline. Discipline's that ordered thinking that leads to careful, godly actions. The wise person is disciplined and self controlled, not sort of flighty and impulsive. Uh, it's about insight that ability to understand the real heart of something, not just judge by appearances, but actually get down and, and, and discern truth or lie, right or wrong in a situation. It's about listening that comes up over and over again receiving the wisdom of others. Uh, it, It means then doing what is just and right and fair. That's what wisdom looks like. We can sometimes think of wisdom as only in the mind but for Solomon and more importantly for God wisdom is then shown in how we act and how we live and how we speak and how we treat other people. It's about knowledge so wisdom is tied to knowledge as we know God's will for this world that enables us to be truly wise. It's about discretion, that that ability to just make the right decision. Those are all the things that mark the wise person, that mark wisdom. And that is what the book of Proverbs is trying to teach us to be, all of those things. And then this opening of the book also tells us how we get this wisdom. It's a funny thing, I think we often think of wisdom as something you have or you haven't. We, we tend to sort of say that person is wise, that person's a fool and that's just the way it is and that will never change. But the Bible is not so defeatist as that. See it's saying here this I want you to be wise even if you've been a fool in the past you can become wise and you get the impression from the verbs in those verses that's the doing words you get the impression that wisdom is open to anyone. See, as you you read Proverbs, it's saying, don't be a fool, learn to be wise. And of course, verse 7 gives us the key answer to find wisdom. So come with me to chapter 1, verse 7, because it's the key to understanding the whole book. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. How do you become wise? How do you get wisdom? Well, it all flows from having the right attitude to God. That is actually the beginning of wisdom, understanding who God is and understanding who we are in relation to him. Fear there doesn't mean terror, you know, like the fear of the boogeyman or the the fear of a shark when you're at the beach. The Bible uses that phrase all the time and it means treating God with the reverence and the awe and the submission that he deserves. It expresses itself, fear of God expresses itself in humble faith as opposed to arrogant pride. Awe-filled, respectful, humble, faithful fear that is the only right response to the God who has revealed himself to us in his word and the point is it's only if we learn our place that we will ever be wise It's only if we stand in awe of how incredible and how majestic and how holy God is, and then understand how small and how insignificant and how unholy we are in relationship to Him. It's only when we get that that we can ever begin to be wise. You'll see this all through Proverbs as you read it. According to the book of Proverbs, the opposite of the wise person is who? The fool. The fool. And the biggest act of folly is to fail to see and recognise God as God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. It's so important to understand this. You cannot be wise, you cannot become wise by doing a university degree. Even in theology. You, You cannot be wise by just looking at the world. You can be smart. You can know a lot about science and a lot about psychology and a lot about anatomy and a lot about whatever it is you want to study but you're not wise. In fact often the biggest fools are those the world thinks are the most intelligent people but because they think they're so intelligent they refuse to see and honour and fear God. Now true wisdom begins with humbly trusting and humbly accepting what God has revealed about himself in his word when we get that right then you can observe all of God's good creation and work out how to live wise and godly and fruitful lives to honor and please him well now jump with me over to chapter 3 so turn over a page come over to chapter 3 the second reading we had before because I just want to draw out two verses from chapter 3 that sort of pull together what we've been saying there what we've been seeing in chapter 1 and they're verses 5 and 6 so look at them with me It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. I know that uh, those verses off by heart and I had to work really hard not to sing them uh, because they're on a Colin Buchanan CD we had on continual loop when my kids were a bit younger. Uh, But isn't that just one of those great verses, one of those put on a poster on your wall verses, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Instead, look to Him to help you understand the world. I think sometimes though people overread these verses. They think it's saying trust in God, and then He will magically reveal to you what to do every time you come to a decision like shine a light and say go that way, don't go that way and all that sort of thing and we have this funny idea, that's not the point especially because this is in the book of Proverbs, it says here's 31 chapters to try and teach you how to be wise, the point is trust God as the beginning of wisdom, trust God and his word rather than your own understanding and that will then recalibrate your brain That will help you to have the right direction to then make the right decisions you need to make. But it doesn't absolve you of the need to be wise and make those right decisions. But right decisions will only ever be made from a starting point of trusting God and listening to his word. You see, every time, when when a Christian makes an unwise or ungodly decision, what is the actual underlying problem? You know, when a Christian does something unwise, or ungodly, what is the underlying problem? They're deciding, I'm not going to trust that God and his word are good. I know better. I'm going to do something different. Right decisions are made from a starting point of trusting God and listening to his word. And then flowing from that, it's interesting. The wiser a person is, or another way of saying that, the more mature they are as a Christian, the less proud they become of their wisdom or another way of saying that is the wiser a person is the more they realize how unwise they are you see the wise person says I don't have the answers I need to continually turn to God and his word to find how to live and you see that there in verse seven look at it there it says do not consider yourself to be wise fear the Lord and turn away from evil see the more wise we get the more we realise true wisdom comes from God, not from me being smart. The more we're aware we become of our sin, the more aware we become of our weakness before the Lord and our need to lean on his understanding, not on our own, as the basis for our own understanding. So if you want a summary of tonight of the book of Proverbs, what are the two key markers of wisdom? What are the two key indicators of wisdom? The first is the fear of the Lord. And the second is humility before the Lord and his word. Now I hope this little introduction sort of excites you enough to want to go and read the book of Proverbs for yourself, maybe you'll go away this week and read it, it's a really easy book to read and I hope you find it really helpful and as I say that is my aim with each of these four talks having this series is to open up a part of the Old Testament you might not otherwise look at and then let you go and read it and enjoy it and benefit from it yourself but there's one last thing we need to remember as we read the book of Proverbs. This is what we'll finish on tonight. And that is, the most foolish person in this building. I won't ask you to vote on who that is. But, <laughs> but the most foolish person in this building. There's some volunteers somewhere at the back. Some people said, it's, it's, it's me. Now, um, if they know Jesus, they are wiser than Solomon. So you have to understand this, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived before Jesus, knew less than we do, because we have the full revelation of God now. We have the Son of God who has come and revealed himself to us in a way that Solomon never saw. And you see, what that means is Jesus was not just a wise teacher like Solomon, with some insightful insights to share. Jesus actually claims to be the source of, of all wisdom. Pull that your outline again. Look at Luke eleven. Jesus is talking here to the people of his age who are of his time, the Jews of, of Israel, who were refusing to listen to him. And then he gives them the example of the queen of the queen of the south is the Queen of Sheba who came to see Solomon. Listen to what he says. He says the Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying they come from all over the world to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Well, now one greater, one wiser than Solomon, Jesus is here and you won't listen to him. His point is to be wise, you need to listen to me, not me, to Jesus. Or in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, chapter twelve, 1, verse 24, Paul says Christ is God's power and God's wisdom do you want to know the wisdom of God listen to Jesus a couple of months ago we looked at the Sermon on the Mount I hope you remember that Uh, and I hope you remember that parable Jesus told right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where he talked about the man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on the sand the fool builds his house on the sand and the wind and the waves come and wash it away a wise man builds his house on the rock. And Jesus says, "I hope, well, do you remember what he said at the end of the parable? I've put it on your outline, Matthew seven twenty four. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. You see, the book of Proverbs tells us the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. For what Jesus shows us is to fear the Lord means to follow his son. To fear the Lord, to be wise, is to listen to Jesus. And so the fool refuses to honour and listen to Jesus and just wants to live their life how they please. The wise person hears the words of Jesus, trusts them and puts them into practice. And most fundamentally that means turning from our sin and trusting in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And then for the rest of the New Testament, Wisdom is then tied to listening to the word of Jesus, to listening to the word of God. How do you become wiser? By letting the word of Christ dwell in you. How do you become wiser? By meditating on God's word day and night. How do you become wiser? By letting others share God's word with you. That is the heart of wisdom. As we close, I'm going to read out Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. Look at it with me it says happy is the man or woman who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding for she is more profitable than silver and her revenue is better than gold she is more precious than jewels nothing you desire compares with her there is nothing in this world as precious or as wonderful as being wise before god let's pray our heavenly father we thank you for the book of proverbs And we pray that we might seek to be wise people. Most fundamentally, we pray that we'll be people who fear you, who are not arrogant, but are instead humble before your word. And more than anything, we pray that we would recognize your most wonderful wisdom, the source of all wisdom, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.